on Young Nostalgia, it's all about the atmosphere. Let's take a look. Young Nostalgia. I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is beside me. And for for a quick second, I was second-guessing, like, is something going wrong because the face you just made? And then I realized you took a swig of the beer that you don't like, but you have to drink so then you can get a new beer. Ben, how are you doing today, big guy? <laughs> I'm doing I was okay. Like, what, am I really? Am I that ugly? No. Well, well yeah. But... <laughs> well, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... It's so it's so bad. I like other founder stuff, but you guys screwed up on this one. <laughs> we'll we'll at them in our in our show description. <laughs> They'll get that. Yeah, it's like Episode. an anti advertisement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Episode eighty eight coming to you. Uh, sorry so much for being a week off again, but Ben was cooped up in a hotel room with cracking hands, surrounded by old ladies, but still having a good time with work. Um, <laughs> Episode eighty-eight coming to you. This is this is going to be a fun episode. We're focusing on. We're focusing you know, on. We'll, we'll just leave that to the listeners' imagination. No, you know what? I got to stop you there because the thing about that is, is he's not wrong. <laughs> it's just out of context. Right, right. But we'll we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> episode 88 is all about movie soundtracks. It's going to be a fun one to kind of talk about. We uh, picked three prominent composers of movie soundtracks. Broke down a little bit of what they're known for, as well as awards that they've won. Um, and then we also uh, picked a few very iconic soundtracks for uh, movies throughout the decades as well. So we'll finish up with that. But uh, in other news, we got to catch up on our lives a little bit. Okay, so I don't know if you have a story to tell, but I definitely have a story I to tell. I don't have a story to tell, um, but I think because we took last week off, uh, listeners have been eagerly waiting for two weeks to hear your car wash story. Oh my god! So, well, I, maybe actually, probably not because they, I, I you went to the car after wash that. after we recorded last right. week. So, listeners have no idea. <laughs> right, right. So, I went and got a car wash. I desperately, desperately needed a car wash after a couple episodes back when I talked about I picked up a vintage uh, radio receiver. And I had to go down some BFE like dirt road to go get this twenty dollar thing, and, and in the end it was worth it. But my car was just trash and just mud all over the place. You know, obviously it's winter, so rain wasn't coming. So I was like, I need to get a car wash. And okay, don't make fun of me, but this was my first car wash I've ever done by myself. I don't know what it is, but I get completely freaked out. I have anxiety attacks. I hate car washes. I can't stand it. And I like oh got my. off the phone. Oh I got off the gosh. phone with you, and I'm like freaking out. And I go to Michelle. I'm like, babe, can you come with me, please? And she's like, look, I got to work on school stuff. Like, she just got done working out. Like, she had to take a shower. She had other stuff to do. And she's like, are you sure you can do this by yourself? And I'm just like fidgeting. And I'm just like, I don't, I, I, I guess I'll be fine. So I researched it a little bit, found the one I want to go to. And then I got in my car and it's like, oh, look, I need to go get gas. So I'm like trying to stall as much as possible <laughs> so I don't go to the car wash and go get gas are, first. Are we out of milk? I can't remember if we need milk or not. Yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> oh, look, gas, gas, gas wash is closed. I mean, the car wash is closed. Can't do it. So, oh, yeah, we definitely need Oreos too. We'll throw those in there. Um, anyway, I finally like get back to where the car wash is. I'm like, oh, God. 
So I pull in and I'm like, oh, sweet. Nobody's there. So I don't have any pressure, no nothing. Nobody's behind me. Nobody's in front of me. And it's not like a self-wash. It's an auto-wash. I'm like, okay, this will work. So I roll up. And then the the first sign that I know that this was a bad idea is that the prices were different online than what they were in person. They were a dollar more in person. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. Not like it's that big of a deal. Anyway, so I pay for it. And then they're like, thank you. You have a basic express wash. And I'm like, okay, awesome. So I take my receipt and then I go forward. But I didn't realize that they start spraying your car right away and my window's freaking down. <laughs> so I, water starts flowing into the freaking car. So I'm freaking out. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so I finally get my window up. And then I go in. And you know how they tell you like after the hump, you like stop for, it yep. to, like, for you to be where they're. So I go, 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 and then I, like, hit the bump, but I'm not over it yet. And it says, please pull forward. So then I, like, slam on the accelerator, and I, like, go over it. And they're like, stop, back up. And I, okay, so I back up, and then they said, pull forward. And then I go again, and I miss it again. And then I had to back up, and then I, I finally freaking get it. And they said, put your car in park. I'm like, okay, I put it in park. And then I'm preoccupied with cleaning out my car because there's water all over the dash and on the inside of the windshield. And it's going to be like under 20 degrees that next night. And you know how bad it is when you get frost inside your car? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I cannot have this. So I dry off the entirety of my car. And by that time, the car wash was over. So I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And then I just drove out. <laughs> so here, here's a question. Was this car wash? I know in Ashland here we have several different kinds where it's 100% automated to where you pull it. It tells you when to pull in. It tells you when to stop. Was it just like the lights on the screen or was there somebody actually like, like, all right, come on in, come on in, stop? No, it, it, it was just the lights on the screen. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, so that I didn't would have to, make I didn't... this <laughs> that much better as if someone was standing there watching this whole debacle. Yes. Oh, my God. It was nuts. <laughs> but now I know to roll up my damn window before rolling into a car wash. I mean, why would they just start spraying you before you're even ready? It's it's the underbody rinse to rinse all the salt <laughs> off the underside of your car, man. And so it came all the way up into my window? Well, you're, sp- <laughs> you're supposed to roll your stinking window down <laughs> or up. <laughs> all right, I'll never make that mistake again, so... I want to back up a little bit, though. <laughs> wait, wait, pull forward. No, 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 no. Roll the conversation back a little bit. Oh, okay, all right, I'm with you. I, <laughs> I had, how was I not aware that you were like had a phobia of car washes? I don't know. I guess I mean it's not necessarily a thing in conversation that comes up very often. That's fair. Because I guess I guess you and I never really like went to a car wash together. <laughs> It was nuts, man. I, I was having I, a really tough time. That's funny. That That is fantastic. That was <laughs> not at all what I was expecting from your car wash story, and I am pleasantly surprised that that's what it was. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad I was able to at least outlive your expectations of what this story good. is about to be. That was good. If you guys, I, if you I go guys to the have car- a funny car wash story, email us at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. Sorry, man. What were you going to say? No, you're good. You're good. I was just going to say, like, I go through, I don't necessarily always go through a car wash because uh, the mirrors on my truck don't always fit through the, like the, the thing that goes around always smacks the crap out of the mirrors. Right. And, uh, so I don't always pull through the car wash, but I, 
kind of switch between the self-wash and the automated wash. And I generally do it about once, maybe twice a week. Ooh. And I'm going to I'm gonna think about this this every single time. Oh, my God. That I go to yes. the car wash now. <laughs> I, I'm 25 years old, and that was the first time I did a car wash by myself. So let me, I guess, not to beat a dead horse here. So first time by yourself, like... Like there's been a passenger in the car or that you've been yeah. been the passenger in the car? Uh, Both. Okay, so you have driven through them before just with somebody else with you. Right. Gotcha. Right. gotcha and that, gotcha. Uh, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but that tends to calm me down. <laughs> so I was okay. God, this maybe is I'll fantastic. Just avoid, <laughs> maybe I'll just avoid, avoid dirt roads for the entirety of my life. Well, babe, <laughs> it says that we have to turn right here. And I'm like, no, find a different way. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, you could just go through the self-washes and then spray it down yourself. That's Dude. even worse. Oh, that's even worse? How is that yeah. worse? <laughs> I don't know. More possibilities of somebody being like, what the hell are you doing? You just blowing from stupid town? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I guess we can... <laughs> I guess we could just start the episode. Thank you so much for listening to that and laughing along or whatever. So whatever it's, you do, think of me. It's a good thing that I don't have a wash. story to go along with that because <laughs> I it'd be kind of a letdown after that. Right. I mean, just like my story of New York when I'm drunk and hungover. Yeah. <laughs> and everything like, just... I was super hungover. I was super sick. I was worried about being sick on the ferry. And then I was fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything worked out. <laughs> I love it. All right, episode 88 coming at you all about movie soundtracks. All right, big guy. Uh, why don't you kick us off with Sir, maybe not Sir, but just the awesome, amazing Mr. John Williams. All right, so there... You could you. There's no possible way for anyone to talk about influential movie scores without also talking about John Williams, who, by young nostalgia standards, is the father of all movie scores. <laughs> Were you trying to do a play on words with Star Wars? Like, what I do? Well, you know, he said you said the father of all movie stores scores, and then you have. You know, Darth Vader and Luke, and Darth Vader's Luke's father. And... <laughs> that was a stretch. Okay, uh, all right, sorry. Okay, never mind. That's the first no, thing that came to my mind. No, that was a good one. I should have been doing that, but I wasn't. <laughs> wow. Yeah, just take yourself to a car wash. Just get out of here. <laughs> yeah, why don't you go wash your car? <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> um, so at the time of the, uh, the article that we pulled a lot of information from was written in 2017, um, so these numbers have likely gone up a little bit. Uh, John Williams, 23 Grammy Awards, five Academy Awards. Um, interesting enough, that is second only to Walt Disney. Um, responsible for eight of the top 20 highest grossing box office hits. Um, that is likely increased uh, because this article was written before release of The Last Jedi as well as... Oh, I forgot the other movie. Um, but Rise very of Skywalker? Well. Uh, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Force uh, Awakens? It, it was not It was not a Star Wars. Oh, Jurassic World. 
Oh, Jurassic World. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it's likely ten, 10 of the top 20 uh, highest uh, grossing in box office right now. Um, you did not skip a beat with that. What do you mean? <laughs> I was trying to be annoying. Uh, oh, no, I can, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I can just block it out. <laughs> That was mean. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's okay. Truth uh, hurts. <laughs> um, obviously, John Williams is best known to the public for his work on Star Wars, um, while also bringing the movie Jaws from B horror to cult classic. Um, Man. But other movies, B horror. That- it's like weird to put B like B movie horror of Jaws. Like no, those things. Uh, John just Williams don't- did not do the score for the B movie. No, he did it for for B? the category that B Jaws. It, 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 like, yeah, it was you know fu- <laughs> the funds of Jaws were like you know relative to a B movie, not an A list movie. Oh my God, never mind. Just go, you know, just go. Forget it. I was I trying got, to, trying to have a side conversation. I got you, good one, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, I think B B the B movie is Pixar. So <laughs> no, that no, that would have been Randy Newman then. I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, so it's good. It's good to be back. Um, kind of running down to a a, a made overall list of his uh, best known movies: uh, Superman the movie of nineteen seventy eight, uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, well, obviously he did Indiana Jones, but beginning with Raiders of the Lost Ark in nineteen eighty one. Um, that one, that's another huge one, uh, right up there with Star Wars as far as people being able to recognize the theme music. Um, right. I know myself, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. I oh, yes. It's been a very long time since I've watched all of them. That reminds do, me do, I'm going to have to do that. So. Do, do, do. Yeah, man, we should, oh, you know what would be really cool? If we did, every week, we will watch a uh, Indiana Jones movie and do, do a review of it leading up to the 2021 release of the new Indiana Jones movie. That's a good idea, but <laughs> I think you are way overestimating the amount of free time that I have. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I could maybe watch like the, uh, oh my gosh, the, what the heck is it? I just lost the preview for the movie. I could watch oh, okay. the previews for every one of them. Right. You can do like the spark notes of everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll start now. So then by the time that happens, we can release all the episodes. Oh, genius. Duh. We're not live. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, no, I know we're not live. It was a joke, people. Sure. I'll just go take a car wash. <laughs> all right. So we have uh, eat. E.T. in 1982, um, which at the time was the winner of the Academy Award. I'm sorry, the Academy Award and Grammy Award for the highest grossing film up to that point. Um, So once again, John Williams being part of a major, major movie, as always. He's part of an M.M. An M&M. Major movie. Major movie. I'm cracking myself up. <laughs> All right, you can continue. Um, 
going down the list, we have Schindler's List, 1993, all of the Jurassic Park movies. Um, and I don't know. Jurassic World? Yes. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> God, I feel like if we were actually in the same room, you'd like slap me. We are 16 minutes in and on the first paragraph of the show notes. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. Um, I didn't know this until like doing the show prep today, and I feel really, really bad that I did not know this. I had no idea John Williams did uh, the scores for Harry Potter. Uh, you can send your hate mail to youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com for Ben not knowing that he did the Harry Potter movies. Come on, <laughs> this, man. This podcast will it'll go out about 7 a.m. Eastern time, uh, Tuesday morning, tomorrow morning, and at about 7.01 Eastern time, our friend Kyle is going to be absolutely oh, blowing my phone up. Yes, Kyle's going to like, <laughs> I don't know, man. He's going to probably disown you. I know. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because the, the scores of Harry Potter are so iconic that it makes sense that it was John Williams. I just never put it together. Right. Um, I guess uh, moving on a little bit, we have other honorable mentions from the John Williams collection. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Catch Me If You Can. Um, again, unknown to me, he also did the Olympic theme. Um, as well as the CNN news theme. That's just crazy to me. <laughs> I know. I, I like didn't have CNN any idea theme? on those at all. That, that's I, new to yeah. me. I mean, every little thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's nuts. <clears throat> I love it. Okay, moving on uh, to the next prominent uh, movie soundtrack composer. We picked Hans Zimmer. Uh, a breakdown of his awards that he's won throughout his career. Three Grammys, one, award, one Academy Award, two Golden Globes, and those many, 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 many more nominations for every category of award across the board. Um and then uh, his big break actually came in uh, 1988's Rain Man. He was actually picked and composed that. And that was kind of his big breakthrough on the big screen for uh, you know, composing music um, and getting his name credited for that. No- notable compositions throughout his years. The Lion King motion picture soundtrack back in 1994. Uh, the Gladiator. Uh, with uh, Russell Crowe, an amazing movie. The Sherlock Holmes series, the ones with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Amazing, amazing movies and uh, takes on the character. Interstellar, one of the best, honestly, one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time, but still does not beat The Fifth Element. Um, Eric Serra holds the top spot for me there. Okay. Uh, Any arguments can be directed to Ben. Uh, Inception, <laughs> Inception. He composed Inception as well as the Dark Knight series with Christopher Nolan. It appears that Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan, the director, have a very close working relationship because they worked on Interstellar, Inter- Inception, as well as the three Dark Knight series uh, with Christian Bale and Christian Christopher Nolan. Like those are just amazing pieces of art. I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan's work. I think he does a really good job. Um, and then last but not least, he has uh, the composed soundtrack to the newest James Bond coming later this year, No Time to Die, which is unfortunately pushed back to November. It was supposed to be out next month, but that dang corona is killing everybody, and they had to move it back. I'm actually really sad. Is that like the real reason behind that? 
Yeah, they said because of uh, the coronavirus, they feel like with international travel and the safety of everybody involved, they're pushing back the release date worldwide. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm really upset. <laughs> also, really you're, gonna, upset. you're about to be more upset, upset because <clears throat> with the exception of The Lion King, uh, I have not seen any of those. Movies. No way. No, I am ben. not kidding you. Oh my god! So we can't. Oh, oh my god! Does that hurt your soul a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> I'm actually like, I think I'm kind of tearing up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, dude! Okay, nope. all right. Not even the Batman's. Nope. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I mean, I've so, watched Batman movies. Like, I I really like the. Uh, like Michael Keaton's one? I, like yeah, I like the Michael Keaton ones. Jack Nicholson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, been a very, very long time since I've seen those, but honestly, I'd, uh, I don't think I've seen any of the Batman movies since the ones with Michael Keaton. That's nuts. Okay, so out of this list right here for some of his most notable work, what do you want to watch together first? Uh, <laughs> well definitely i mean the james i will see the james bond yes um, absolutely that's a no-brainer uh i like all of not super well versed in the older james bond stuff um but i like i've watched and liked all of the newer ones i would definitely say sherlock holmes uh sherlock would holmes. probably be next on the list okay yeah, the first one's really good, and then the second one I think is Game of Shadows, I believe. But uh, both are really good. I mean, I'm a huge Robert Downey Jr. fan as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's a phenomenal actor. So, okay, so the first Sherlock Holmes, you and I are watching together. Let's do it's it right happen. now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll keep we'll keep this running, and then just have a big copyright law on our hands because we just recorded the whole audio of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, get totally shut down. No big down. deal, right? No more, absolutely. No more young nostalgia, right? Um, oh my all right, so but we'll, just, we'll just at Founders Beer, so it's their fault. Yeah, exactly. I'm fine with that. This beer is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. What's that? so last on our list of notable composers that we're going to talk about today? We have Howard Shore. Um. Been around for a while, uh, but became super well known for Silence of the Lambs in 1991, uh, the first BAFTA award. Um, BAFTA. BAFTA. <laughs> Sorry, I also spelled one as like the number one instead of the W O N. That's all right. To listeners, it sounds the same. <laughs> Did you know that when you saw that? Honestly, I didn't notice. <laughs> It was literally like I said one first BAFTA award, but it was. <laughs> nope. I don't know how I didn't notice that, but no, I didn't. Because I'm normally okay, a huge okay. stickler on like right. writing stuff like that. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have pointed it out, made myself look worse. No, that's funny. <clears throat> um, another success came with Mrs. Doubtfire in 1993. Um, <clears throat> score. Uh, Shore continued to score. Shore score. Uh, Shore Four score con- and Shore years ago <laughs> Shore continued to score numerous films from 1995 to 2001 including two David Fincher films 
1995, and The Game in 1997. Have you seen the movie Seven at all? I have not. Uh, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt. It's kind of like a noir. Um, it's like the Seven Sins kind of movie, kind of like a thriller horror kind of thing. Hmm. It's really good. Even a young Kevin Spacey's in it. I guess I shouldn't like talk about it unless people have seen it. Well, anyway. I mean, you're not spoiling it. <laughs> okay, that's true. But, okay, <laughs> w- one really cool thing that I actually really like about this movie. Like, movies throughout the 90s are really interesting to watch for me because they're kind of in like a very pivotal point of technology, right? Like you have the early to mid 90s technology is still based on kind of like maybe typewriters or super like big, large computers. Like everything is still paper and hard copy stuff. Yes. And that's kind of what seven is like every time they're in like the detective's office, it's always really cool to see because they got those big, heavy metal desks but with like typewriters and then a whole bunch of police reports just scattered in boxes and manila envelopes. <laughs> and it's like that kind of stuff, you know, wasn't that long ago that offices like that just that's what it was. And it's cool to be around because, you know, seven is is supposed to be like present day for when the movie came out. So it's right. cool to like see that and kind of be brought into that world being like you think we have a lot of paper now? I mean, look at what it was like back then. Oh well, I do cool. have to. I do have to stop you a little bit because that's something that I catch myself doing all the time. Is thing, uh, seven nineteen ninety five? Uh, you said that that's not that long ago, but that's at, that was twenty five years ago, man. Okay, I guess yeah, that's true. Because, no, that's, no, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not ragging on you at all because I do the same thing. I think. Uh, I don't know what's a good example. I think about like cars. Oh, it's a okay. that's a 1999 uh, Honda Civic, for example. I'm like, oh, that's a modern right. vehicle. No, right. that's like 20 years <laughs> that's old. An antique, right? Like that. That's a that's a classic car by the by the definition. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my brother has a 1992 F250. Uh, really sweet truck. As far as I'm concerned, with the a lot of the interests that I have uh, automotive-wise, that's that's a modern vehicle. It's electronic, uh, electronically controlled. It's a modern vehicle. Well, 1992. That's it. Could have historical plates on it if you wanted. Absolutely. It, Isn't that nuts? Just, it, it it's weird to me, um, especially technology-wise, because we did grow up with such rapid technology change. Right. Um, Anyway, I just had to kind of throw that in there. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's uh, funny to actually think about and kind of catch yourself. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, I kind of catch myself doing that um, all the time. Okay. Uh, what's next? What's next? So Shore became a household name uh, with Lord, the Lord of the Rings compositions for the entire trilogy. Um. Actually, I've I've seen I've seen them before, but we actually just I don't know if I told you about this. We just watched them all um, early early winter, maybe like November time ish last year. Wait, like back to back? Like back to back, like within two weeks. Okay, and then you said you underestimate how much free time I have. It comes and goes, man. Come on. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Oops. Oh, I'm just kidding, but in, I, I was just getting kicked. In out my of defense, it. <laughs> we never watched any of. We wa- had to watch them during the week. Um, we never watched 
an entire one altogether. We had to split it up into two nights. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So fair enough. I, I'm just kidding. You got really defensive. I'm just kidding. We're good. <laughs> We're good here. Is okay, it? Is well, it okay? I, okay. Well, all right. What, well, th- what, this kind what? of puts down my credibility a little bit. I have never watched a single Lord of the Rings film all the way through. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, they're I know so- our good friend Rusty of the show is probably going to be screaming right now <laughs> as he asked me to potentially be a guest on their show, and I'm just like, <laughs> haven't made it all the way through. I'm sorry, big guy. <laughs> uh, they're good. But- but they do it's a commitment yeah like it's it's I'm, I'm tough like it's not tough like it's hard to watch it's tough because it they're really stinking long man no intermissions there's no good places to like stop and watch it the next day you kind of just have to like like pause and then be just be done with it <laughs> right 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 like there's no like you if you try to wait for a good time to pause then you're just going to watch the whole movie right and have you like uh seen those uh, videos on YouTube where it's like how it how it should have ended or whatever, and they did the one with the Lord of the Rings and they just hop on one of those big birds, take the ring straight to the to the volcano thing, and then just drop it right in, and it oh, took like yeah. five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that 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 you can do that with a lot of movies too, where it's like one decision goes differently right in the very beginning, and the and the movie is like ten minutes long. Right, right, right. Lord of the Rings is one of those movies. It's just a series <laughs> of bad decisions. Yeah, right. And it's like, come on, come on, really? <laughs> um, That's funny. So going along with that, there's uh, Howard Shore, two Academy Awards for Lord of the Rings, two Golden Globes, a Grammy for each Lord of the Rings films. Um and that's just kind of tip of the iceberg with the amount of awards he won just from uh that movie alone. Those move that series alone. Right, yeah, it kind of really, really cemented his uh, his role in cinematic composition. How about those for some amazing vocabulary? I those feel like my humor has just been way off. Today. Those are some words, man. It's just bad. I'm really sorry. I'm usually not this lame. Um, <laughs> so, so we picked we picked some notable soundtracks throughout the ages. James Bond theme by Monty Norman, erroneously credited to John Barry. Uh, it's featured in every Bond film since the original Doctor No back in 1962 with Sean Connery. So, I mean, that's just absolutely iconic. Even with like the way. Uh, you know, if you look at the films themselves, just like the the opening credit scene for mm-hmm. James Bond film is just iconic. Like it's not a James Bond film if you don't have the uh, panning uh, silencer, like gun barrel going back and forth, um, as well as just the weird uh, trippy credit scenes of the Bond films. Like that is just iconic, and, and it kind of gets you in the mood to to watch a Bond film. It's good stuff. It, it does. And, and you know, I, I've thought about it before too. It's, it's, just, it's not very often that there's a intro to movies. Um, yeah. Like not anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and it's, it's not something that you see a lot and it, it's especially rare in newer movies and they've continued it with all the newer bonds. It's not, obviously it's not the original intro, um, but they do like a, a full, uh, title sequence with the music and the opening credits right. and it's like it's like the first 10 part 10 minutes of the movie right um is and, and opening the cool credits thing, 
Right. And and the cool thing is is like, you know, you have the main like the main like Bond film, like and then what's really cool about each film as well is that they also highlight a prominent like musician of the time period that sings that song, like the title track of the song. Uh, sorry, the oh. title track of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. No Time to Die is Billie Eilish. You know, when mm-hmm. there was Adele in there and like that kind of stuff, I think is really cool to bring in a prominent musician of the time um, to score the title track of the movie. Like that's that is just what Bond is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really cool. They have that tradition. Yeah, they have that tradition. It's just not something that you see very often in other movies. And so it's, you know, not only traditional, but it's very unique. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I guess we'll just hit these every other one. Um, we have, uh, of course, the Rocky soundtrack, 1976 to present day. Um, and this one is not quite as much a movie score as more of a uh, the main title sequence uh, of the soundtrack. Um, and this is, of course, the main title by Bill Conti. Um, and it's obviously become a huge cliche for just all around inspirational music. Right. Um, Absolutely. And it kind of put like eye of the tiger on the map. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's, it's almost kind of taken over that song in general to where it's that, well, that's the Rocky song. You know, it it almost doesn't even have a name anymore. Right. Right. Um, People just associated it to the entire Rocky franchise. Right. And it's kind of, you know, they have those very, uh, that kind of well-known montage of him training, you know, that's Mm -hmm. like a pretty big pivotal, pivotal time in the films. Um, and something that is also a really cool tradition to have. Right, and, um, and that's been spoofed a zillion times in other movies right. and cartoons and TV shows. Right, right. Um, moving on to Psycho, back in 1960 by Bernard Herrmann. Herrmann also is known for uh, composing Taxi Driver as well as the Twilight Zone theme, which is actually really, really cool as well. Like it, It's interesting to kind of dig into these careers of composers to see like what else their they had their hand in you know i mean never would i ever even think that some really cool person that composed psycho also did the twilight zone theme you mm-hmm. know i'm just thinking like oh cbs just came up with the twilight zone theme and it's just copyrighted to cbs but no it's like bernard herman did that or john williams did cnn's thing like what never yeah 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 and especially for stuff at the time like i mean twilight zone was very very popular but it's not like it was big like the movie Psycho. And so you just don't think about it too much. You know, at, at the time, it's probably it was probably something that wasn't thought of. He's just like, okay, I'll do it. And right. cranked it out real quick. Never thought it was going to turn into anything. Well, now the Twilight Zone has a huge cult following. Absolutely. Um, I know. I just recently, last year, watched all of them in order. Uh-huh. Um, as well as many other people do. I mean, they've they've been on... I think they've taken off Netflix, but they're on Hulu now. They're on Hulu, um, yeah. Very, very popular. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that stuff is so cool. It's just get a call from your manager one day, and they said, hey, I got this contract. And it's like they don't even ask questions. It's like, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> right. Not really thinking. He probably didn't think twice about it. Like, oh, just another right. TV show. Whatever. Right. Right. Now it's you know, it's still being watched religiously. It, well, I mean, they sci-fi marathons it. 
every multiple times every year. Oh, I love it, man. That's cool stuff. Uh, so of course we can't. Just like we can't talk about, we can't have a show about scores without talking about John Williams. We also can't not talk. <laughs> what? Wow. We can't not talk about the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have to kill us. Yeah, words. <laughs> um. So obviously, it's the Godfather franchise in general, part one, part two, uh, and part three. Uh, originally, the original Godfather being of 1972, uh, composed mainly by Nino Rota uh, and orchestrated by Carmen Coppola, the director's father. Of course, it was directed by Frank Coppola. Um, nine, it was actually nominated for an Oscar in 1972. Um, but ended up losing. Nominated again in 1974 um, for the sequel, Godfather Part Two, and it ended up winning that Oscar that year. Um, I love it. But the Godfather soundtrack has been, you know, even someone who's not a who's not a mob movie fan or uh, has never seen Godfather, it, it's been done a zillion times. Just like we talked about with the Rocky theme. Uh, it's been used in TV shows, cartoons, other movies have played, uh, spoofs on it. Um, everyone kind of knows what the Godfather theme is. Right. It, it like, it, it almost has an air to it. No, like mm-hmm. it, when you listen to the Harry Potter soundtrack, it has an air to it. It has a feeling. And that's why so much of these are so important to the history of film. Cause it's like, if you watch videos, of film without the backing like soundtracks it's like this is boring this is nothing like Mm -hmm. it it doesn't suck you into the moment or the atmosphere of what the movie's trying to portray it's crazy how easily soundtracks can be forgotten but how important they all are to everything it's kind of cool and i know i know this can be said about a lot of movies um but i know for me i have the uh i actually have the the original godfather uh soundtrack on vinyl me too, man. And oh, didn't we get it at the same time? I think so. Uh, and the, when the first time I listened to it, uh, I was I could sit there and I could close my eyes and everything that would uh, transpire in the soundtrack. Every time it would move to a new uh, a new track in the soundtrack, I could follow it through the movie and I knew exactly what theme to what scene was going on in the movie right isn't that Um, so awesome like and i could basically takes you back yeah yeah and i could basically watch the movie in my head as the soundtrack played that's Um, the coolest thing ever you know how descriptive just the sound just the the score is to the movie right dude i love it and then like you know you think about it these actors and actresses they have to do their part without the music. Can you imagine how much like talent? <laughs> obviously, they obviously they get paid good money because they're talented. But just imagine like trying to act this out and just put yourself in a situation without like getting that sound to put you in a mindset. That's good stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like an actor could like 
really, really bomb a scene and be like, boy, I hope they put good music over this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, I, if I was an actor, I, I, I'd need somebody behind me like singing the soundtrack. And I'm like pretending to like, you know, do what I got to do. I love it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> the next, next up is The Natural back in 1984 by Randy Newman. Newman would later put Pixar on the map as one of the um, composers for Pixar. So I don't have much to add there, but... No, I don't have too much to add there. Um, Obviously, he would work on other Pixar films, but he was actually... I believe he actually sang the lyrics for uh, Toy Story as well. Oh, okay, Um, cool. So not only did he compose uh, that score, but he also sang the lyrics. I know what... Yeah, I know what song you're talking about, yeah. Um, You've got a friend in me. Like that one? Yeah, exactly. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) Um, So moving on, we have, well, dialing it back quite a bit on this one. Uh, We have Gone with the Wind of 1939, uh, composed by Max Steiner. So at two hours and 36 minutes, um, it was the longest movie score up to date. Um, and I, w- I would venture to say, I don't have any basis for this. I would venture to say it's still probably one of the longer movie scores of all time. Oh, abso- absolutely. Um, but in 1939, it was the longest one ever. Um, <clears throat> so Max Steiner was also known for other b- really big name movies such as Casablanca, uh, King Kong and a summer place. I'm not familiar with the summer place, but I've seen Casablanca as well as King Kong. Right. Um, but specifically gone with the wind is interesting because, uh, he was the first composer to give each character their own theme. And oh, that's, like, okay. That's something that we see a lot. And not only just a lot, but we tend to see it almost in every movie that has a major score. Um, is each each major major player in the movie uh, tends to have their own theme to the actual score, right? Um, and up until Gone with the Wind in 1939, that was unheard of. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that, and you know, it kind of brings out the character more as well. You know, like maybe uh, they'd have different kind of versions of character themes depending on what kind of situation they're in or how they're acting. You know, that like that kind of stuff. Exactly, um, it adds a lot more depth. It's pretty cool. Exactly, and with a movie that's two hours and thirty six minutes long, I feel like you're, you're you're trying your darndest to keep people's attention. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I got to write something for somebody. So. Yeah, you, you get the. <laughs> <laughs> the composer probably gets the the final director's cut. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll start working on this right away. I'm like, oh, by the way, it's two hours and thirty minutes long, and the the composer's just like, oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Here's the theme for the pebble on the right side of the screen that you see in scene twelve. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, finishing us up here for episode eighty eight, the good, the bad, and the ugly, back in nineteen sixty eight, with none other than Clint Eastwood, um, and Neo Maricone was the composer. I think I did a pretty good job of that. <laughs> unless unless you know how to actually say it. No, I have no idea. Oh, okay, all right. A Neo Maricone. Songs that <laughs> echoed the American Civil War and it went to number two on the charts. Ben actually made a really hilarious 
um, comparison where the movie itself is kind of, you know, the dialogue is very short, very small. There's not much going on other than like violence and gore and kind of very um, yeah, like intense kind of scenes uh, mm-hmm. and storyline. But uh, apparently the composer thought that, oh, yeah, yodeling. And yodeling and, and whistling is the perfect thing to go along with this. <laughs> but you know, as weird as that sounds, he nailed it because the score went to number two on the charts. Oh my god, this is crazy! You know, <laughs> and that's why these people are just so talented. Somehow their mind goes in one direction and they stick with it, and look, it pays off. It works. It's crazy. <laughs> it I does, it. but it. That being said, it, you you really can't have a bad Clint Eastwood movie either. Absolutely, like there could be no music in that, and that would be okay. Oh yeah, or it could be just like uh, polka circus music in the background, and it's still gonna <laughs> right. be good because it's like it's Clint Eastwood for God's sake. Right. Actually, what it is is that there's no music, but Clint Eastwood whistles the whole time. And that's the soundtrack. It's just him whistling the entire time <laughs> or yelling or some sort of like yapping. No, uh, I think all he would do is just like the squinty eyed, gruff mumbling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Well, that'll bring us to a wonderful end to episode 88, all about movie soundtracks. Thank you guys so much. We always love and appreciate you guys. Thank you for sticking with us. As always, you can find us on your favorite podcast app or distributor, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. We're out there. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star uh, rating as well as take a couple seconds to just write a review what you like about the show it would mean a ton to ben and i and help us grow even more than we are now um, if you have a topic for a future show or would like to be a guest or just a question want to get to know ben and i a little bit more email us at young pod at gmail.com it's good to be back so sorry about the lapse of episodes over the past few weeks but uh, schedules have been hectic but when we get down, we try to shove out an amazing show that uh, at least tides you over for a little bit. Um, I think that's about all of the housekeeping here. Ben, anything else, big guy? Uh, yeah, I'd also love to hear from listeners if they thought we left anything off of this list. I'm sure we did. I'm oh, sure we call. left out stuff that, uh, um, you know, trying to cram this, cram as much as we can into a single episode is sometimes tough. Um, but if there's anything that uh, anyone out there has was uh, like, holy cow, I can't believe you missed this movie or this composer or anything like that. Feel free to let us yes. know um, because I'd love to hear what uh, what we left out. Absolutely. that Man, that's actually a really, really good idea. I mean, even if it's like if we didn't leave anything out or something that you love or a movie that you love um, or some composer that you really enjoy, send us a list. So let us know what you guys like to listen to or try to pinpoint in a movie soundtrack that uh, really grabs you. Let us know at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com and we'll read them over the air and get back to you uh, with thoughts and let you know that uh, it means a lot for you guys to do that. So on that note... I think we're ready to get on out of here. So, <sighs> man, it's good to be back in front of the mic. It's good to see you. You're looking raggedy. Actually, not. You're clean shaven. You look all right. So, I'm just trying to get used to you. <laughs> no, I could use a haircut, though. I'm, I'm looking like a hippie. <laughs> As we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.